I lie on and on. Y'all can't understand how I lie so long. Must be my superpower. Make the hearing last 25,000 hours. Y'all want to get like me, but you can't waste time like I can on TV. What's my favorite word? Crime! What's my favorite word? Crime! That's right, spin it back. And if you don't know what to do or react, just blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Nothing's going to happen if you blow the whistle. Welcome to Cake and Kombucha on this zen afternoon. You can hear the sounds of my pet moisture tranquility garden. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show, I, your host, Kelechi Aza, have a little like water fountain contraption that the pets in our house can drink from. So that's what you hear. It's pretend we're in a uh, botanical garden. What other kinds of gardens are there? What are there gardens that aren't botanical? Hmm. Let's see. Not sure. Don't have the answer. When I said, let's see, I don't want to make you think I'm looking it up. I'm not looking it up. That was just, that was a question for you guys. You guys get back to me. So welcome back to another episode of Cake and Kombucha. I am your host, Kelechi Aza, and Cake and Kombucha is a place where we convene to discuss the cake, which is the mess, perhaps some celebrity gossip, as we will get into later, and the kombucha, which is the serious stuff, the important questions. I mean, the biggest kombucha right now is, yo, what's going on? What's going on in the government? I'm lost. I really thought that I was going to be able to come to you and give you something more conclusive. I actually postponed recording the show because I knew that there was going to be a hearing this morning. So I wanted to not, you know, give you a show that just missed life altering, historically relevant, explosive news. And instead, I listened to old white men acting like they were the real housewives of somewhere. I mean, a semantical argument that makes you want to poke yourself in both eyes. Like, for I'm a little bit of a snob. I only really like writing with, um, like, marker-tipped uniball pencils or, like, pentel pencils. I don't like the round, blunt tips for writing. So I kind of want to take this uniball that I was taking notes with and just, you know, draw a new pattern onto my irises. It was so annoying. So annoying. (sighs) Okay, well, I got that out. Just really cunty questions, really tantrums. I just, let's, let's start, let's go back to the beginning. I mean, you, I don't know where you would have been that you didn't hear this, but finally, Nancy Pelosi has decided to initiate, um, an impeachment inquiry. Now, for those of you who, like me, I mean, the last time you were really listening to impeachment talk was, like, I don't know, 25 years ago or something, when you first learned what a blowjob was. I'm just estimating. It was with President Clinton. So I didn't know that there's a difference between actual impeachment and impeachment inquiry. So for some reason, however many years ago, we could launch right into impeachment for somebody getting semen on a piece of clothing. But today, when we're talking about 
bribing foreign governments to look up information about your political opponents, we have to first like ask a lot of questions, figure out in which world this might be ethical, beat around the bush, clap our hands three times, do do to the left. Then perhaps we'll get to the actual impeachment proceedings, which is for the high crimes and misdemeanors. Okay, I'm gonna do my best to explain the events of the past couple days. I've learned a lot about our government in the past 48 hours, mostly its limitations and that people can't see in the future when they're writing things down and, you know, innovative criminals can always find the loopholes to jump through and make things work in their best interest. So I pressed pause for a second to check the internet, just make sure there were no new developments. Of course there were. I can't get ahead of this. I'm a bit behind it. So let's just get into where things stand now. So this started with a phone call. I mean, interestingly, if you read the full whistleblower statement, it actually started in May. But in July, um, there was a phone call, July 25th. President Trump called President Vlodomir Zelensky, who is the young president of Ukraine that also used to be on television and doesn't really have qualifications. So that's something cool they have in common. Uh, immediately after Zelensky said that Ukraine was almost ready to purchase American Javelin anti-tank missiles so it could it could arm itself against attacks from Russian fighters. Trump said, I would like you to do us a favor, though. Then he said that he wanted Zelensky to use the help of Attorney General William P. Barr, as well as not Attorney General or government official of any kind, Rudy Giuliani, to open an investigation into this company and how it started. Um, He wanted, he thinks that President Joseph, or sorry, former Vice President Biden, who's obviously his Democratic rival, has stakes in some Ukrainian company that his son Hunter was then on the board of um, and is accusing him of nepotism and corruption. I know. I know. The irony is hilarious. Only my kid gets to have stuff that they don't deserve. No one else's. Yeah. So he told them to do that. Uh, Let me find the other choice moments. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is an abuse of power. It's crazy that you would try to persuade someone to dig up dirt on your political rival um, before an election. So it falls under all these categories of wrongdoing, like election tampering, which the campaign laws uh, forbid asking any foreign power for something that would be determined of value, which can be money or smearing your opponent. So that's what happened there. Okay, jump to the fact that these phone calls are not in private. You have, you know, if you've watched, well, I was going to say scandal, but lots of things were in private because they were doing the kind of stuff that Trump does, but 
more carefully with more common sense. However, West Wing, whatever, walk and talk, walk and talk. There's there's usually a lot of people in the room with you. There's people that transcribe these entire conversations and put them in this um, system, this, why am I trying to say vault? Not a vault. They put them in this organizational system, like think of it as an electronic file cabinet where those conversations with foreign leaders can be disseminated, like people can read them. It's not classified. It's like open information to government, other other branches of the government and people in the White House. And so, again, everyone thought this was going to be a normal f- talk with a foreign leader. Hey, what's up? I'm America. Yeah. Yeah, we're awesome. Okay. All right. You keep dealing with that war that we probably are responsible for in some way. Okay. Bye. They thought it was going to be like that. And so there were people in the room and there were people taking notes. So immediately after this call happened, people were concerned. They, and let me just jump right to it. Okay, so there's a whistleblower, which I thought was a term that was sort of a, I guess, colloquial or casual term, but it's an official term for someone who tells on people that's not a rat. And I mean, I guess it is if you want to. So, and when I say that I found out it's official today, I mean, there are literally statutes, the whistleblower statute that have to do with how these people are protected, et cetera, et cetera. And this is, goes back to our Constitution because they just, I guess the founding fathers perceived that this is a regular check and balance to have. If a president starts walling out and someone wants to comment on it, they need to be protected. No one is supposed to think that they can do whatever they want all the time and your loyalty to them will keep you from reporting on it or checking them. And that's very interesting that that is literally expressly like written into the law with that kind of foresight because... As you will see, we'll get to in the hearings today, the idea that no one should say anything about what the president is doing is exactly what the new director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire, tried to keep putting forward, or that that was his simple-minded interpretation for, you know, of, of, of the decisions he made. And that was also the theme of the day. Oh, you're stupid, but thank you for your service. That was, that was kind of... People played, people just, everyone was shading the fuck out of each other, really. Okay, so jump to, let's just go straight to the whistleblower letter. In fact, I can read you. Oh, okay, I found, so the, the intelligence whistleblower law protects intelligence officials from reprisal, like losing their security clearance or being demoted or fired, as long as they follow a certain process for bringing allegations of wrongdoing to the attention of oversight authorities. So this process, process, there's a lot of processes for these things. They're boring. And that's a lot of what was discussed this morning in the hearing. However, it is good to know that these processes exist because it helps you keep kind of a through line through the bullshit. When you hear people acting like, they don't know what to do or they're not sure, you can fall back on the process. But you also, you would also hear the way things can be interpreted, reinterpreted, misinterpreted on purpose. And some of these things come down to opinion. Like there was an argument this morning at the at the Director of National Intelligence hearing about whether the president is a member of the intelligence community. And, you know... Yao Queen Castro was like, well, he classifies and reclassifies documents. Like, he's the only person that can do that to any document he wants. So, how is he not part of the intelligence community if he has the highest clearance? And then, simple minded, you know, DNI guy is like, well, 
I mean, is he is his job title as the president? I'm like, oh, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. So we're going to go back directly to the whistleblower, whistleblower complaint, which is online. You can read it for yourself. So the phone call happened. He says that many people in the room were dismayed by the phone call. Um, and immediately after, efforts to restrict the phone call took place. In the fo- and I'm going to read verbatim. In the days following the phone call, I learned from multiple U.S. officials that senior White House officials had intervened to lock down all records of the phone call, especially the word-for-word transcript of the call that was produced, as is customary, by the White House Situation Room. The set of actions underscored to me that White House officials understood the gravity of what had transpired in the call. Yeah, they understood the gravity because they're not stupid, even though they pretend to be. Trump is mainly the stupid one, and the other ones are evil. That's that's that. I mean, Trump is evil, too, but he's also stupid and doesn't know. Like, He's acting like he always acts. He's a criminal, just doing crime things in front of people because he probably doesn't even know that that's how everybody works. He's He's a fool. All right, let's see. Where are we? Another important highlight of how much everybody knew they were doing wrong is that they moved Trump officials, uh, his cabinet members who helped him hide this, they moved the transcript of the conversation, which, like I said, is a normal conversation. It was, it should have been normal and just pretty much regular run-of-the-bill, nothing special conversation, but certainly nothing classified in it. They moved it onto a server that favorite word coming up against servers they moved it onto a server that was only for super super classified things including code words like legit eagle has landed type shit and there was even discussion of whether it was even an abuse of that server to put it in the server so it was just wrong it was wrong he says he was not a direct witness to the events he says I was not a direct witness to most of the events described. However, I found my colleagues' accounts of these events to be credible because in almost all cases, multiple officials recounted fact patterns that were consistent with one another. In addition, a variety of information consistent with these private accounts had been reported publicly. And this person puts uh, footnotes that lead you to things like as early as May, which, again, the amazing thing with how this works is that So many of these things happen that we as a general public have fatigue and we really can't keep track of them. That is to say that in May, Trump already tried to send Rudy Rudy Giuliani to Spain for a meeting with some of Zelensky's other cabinet members. And I'm I'm sorry, guys, I'm not actually the real news. I'm going to say cabinet members. I think it was his. uh, Yeah, I'm not going to make up the, the role with someone in Zelensky's government who worked with him. And then White House officials had to tell Trump, hey, you can't do that, and pull Rudy Giuliani back because they were scared that he was fucking things up for national security. Again, Rudy Giuliani, don't get confused by the Giuliani name, he is literally not a government official. So this was publicly reported, and I don't even remember it. What was I doing in May? <sighs> preparing to move out of my apartment. Yeah, I don't I don't remember it. So that is to say that, you know, this person is saying, not only did several of my colleagues come up and tell me this, they all told me the same story. And the news has covered that, yeah, in May, Rudy Giuliani did try to meet with Ukraine explicitly for the purpose of going and getting dirt on Joe Biden. So the difference was that was Trump has, to great effect, to successful effect, He's been really 
done really well with sending henchmen around to do things for him. And everyone around him goes down except for him. So that was kind of an instance, another one of him sending Rudy Giuliani to do something. Now, obviously, that's still extremely sketchy. It's your personal fucking lawyer. Your personal lawyer who, like, just shouldn't be at... Well, I was going to say he shouldn't be at the White House with you and work hours, but, like, I guess you live there. Because I was going to say, like, what if I just sat in my office and had, like, my tax accountant come in who does my, you know, acting stuff and commercials just come to my day job and be like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just filing my taxes right now. Like, that's kind of weird. Why is your personal lawyer, personal person there? But... Anyway, so they realized that was bad, pulled it back. But this time we have an instance of the president initiating this himself. Also, a few days before the phone call, the president had frozen, I want to say $150 million of, of aid to Ukraine. He had frozen it, and then this phone call came. So again, who was that white man that was crying and crying on the stand a while ago that went to jail? Was that Trump's old lawyer? Yeah. He was saying Trump knows the language, the lingo. This is what he does. This is what he does all day for years and years. He don't got no talents. He, he started out with millions and still lost them. So he knows how to squeeze people. So you don't have to say out loud explicitly, hey, I froze $150 million of funding to your country that you normally get. It's the aid we usually get. I'm not giving it to you. And then you talk to the person a few days later and say, hey, I, have a fa- I need a favor from you. It doesn't take, you know, a turtle to put those two things together. However, if you listen to Fox News and stuff, these things are just completely unrelated. Like, how could anyone ever draw connections between these events? Ugh, crazy. So, yeah, so that completes the trifecta of bribery that was attempted. So then there was the cover-up. And now we're at the point where, so the whistleblower, he submitted this to the proper authorities and... The head of director of national intelligence actually is the person that did not submit the papers to Congress right away. So that's who was interviewed this morning. Joseph McGuire. I was going to say Mnuchin. That's wrong. But the point is the annals of history will soon forget him as just another dumbass that put his good name on the line for Trump. So he's only been... He was direct, he's acting still, but he was director of national counterterrorism. And six weeks ago, he was appointed director of national intelligence. So this had started, I think the whistleblower complaint was submitted August 14th, and he heard about it on the 17th when his job started. So basically, yada, 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 he was... His job started into some mess, but it's like, sir, did you not know your job was going to start into some mess? Look at the administration you're working for. Um, he even had this funny comment, which I wrote down. I, I'm acting DNI, and I'm still using Garmin to get to work. All that says to me is, who still uses the Garmin thing on their car anyway? You really don't use Google Maps? That's suspicious. Anyway, we're supposed to feel sorry for him because he's like dragged into all this stuff. But then at the same time, we're supposed to laud him and keep discussing his 35 million years in the service and how he's created everything and really knows what to do. But at the same time, he didn't know what to do because he's new. It's just funny. White men get things to work, all kinds of different angles for them at the same time. It's awesome, right? So anyway... This hearing today was kind of a waste of your time and my time, except it, like I said, it just exposed 
how many word games you can play with the law and that you really, I guess, need to be someone's mom and smack them in the fucking mouth to get them to answer a yes or no question. I'm saying, I really don't, how is it not sketchy when someone asks you a yes or no question and you can't say yes or no? You could add context afterwards, but some of the questions that were asked is like, do you think it's appropriate for a president to pressure another foreign government to look up dirt on his political rival? And the, and the dude can't say, no, I don't think it's appropriate. He's like, it's not for me to decide what to do. Okay, do you have morals? Do you have opinions? Do you have like, which, which lobes are working? Which frontal, like I don't, I was just like, dude, Say yes or no. I think that was actually Swalwell, my dude, the ginger coming in from the corner, the fire maker. As soon I was, you know, listening, kind of zoning in and out. But as soon as I heard the question just become fiery, I turned and I was like, yeah, that's my man. Do you remember him? That's the one who came for Pete Buttigieg and was like, well, why'd you fire the police chief then? You should have fired him, bruh, bruh, bruh. Yeah, so Swalwell was there and he said... I wrote this down, too, because it was funny. Oh, yeah, I think he's the one who asked, like, do you think it's appropriate for a president to pressure a foreign government into doing yada yada? And then he said, boy, and boy, I hope you know the answer is yes or no. It was just like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, like, trying to lead you to water so you don't sound like a complete asshole. But I, I believe that he did, still didn't answer yes or no. Um, Yalquin Castro, again, Love him. He's also very spicy. I don't mean that in a racist way. I also identify as spicy. He he looked like he'd been all up all night and didn't shave. Like legit face puffy. Like when you he looked like he slept, leaned over on his desk and slept um, with his head on his his arms, folded over. You know that nice elbow ridge in your eye. I don't know. Well, let's see what else I've written down. The trouble with yes or no questions in caps lock. If your office is unable to investigate, who is able to investigate? Oh, that's because, again, the whole circular thing of Joseph McGuire kept saying, well, I, you know, the rules for whether you bring something forward, right? They have to do with if something is of great, of urgency, I think of urgency or great concern. So that's kind of, I'm going to say up for interpretation, but it's funny because the whistleblower in his letter wrote specifically I'm bringing this up because it's of great concern and he put that in parentheses and put a footnote next to it so it's like the letter writer the person who's telling you information that you didn't know before already told you that it's of concern but it's like so you have the right to reinterpret whether it's of concern or not but you can't really figure out the rest of the questions it's it's very dicey so he said that he was trying to figure out if it was of great concern. And while it did, you know, fulfill some of those aspects, it didn't fulfill others. And then that he couldn't figure out if the president, he didn't think the president was a member of the intelligence community. So therefore he could not, um, didn't know whether he could like share this information or not. And so what did he do? He went to ask the president about it. Okay, so Val Demings from California, sorry, from Florida, Duff, beautiful chocolate sister, just authoritative, just, she's just, all the black women in government are just, you know, you got to be a certain kind of bitch to get there, okay? I'll give them that. 
except for Kamala Harris. Her and her talking through her teeth, I can really leave it alone right now. I'm not interested. Anyway, this isn't time for more Kamala impersonations. But uh, Deming said, I, I heard that you worked in law enforcement and I worked in law enforcement. And, and it is one of the something like greatest privileges, not privileges, that's not the word, responsibilities in the land, you know, something very hyperbolic and self-important. But she said, and I agree. It is that. So I've done a lot of investigations in all my years. Never once have I gone to the suspect or the defendant to ask them what I should do with an allegation against them. I mean, and that's what it came down to. People asking over and over again, do you think it was a good idea to go to the people involved in the investigation to ask them what they should do with it? Because in any other world, that's like saying, hey, run! Or, hey, 5-0, 5-0. But we couldn't get a clear answer on that. Um, also, this is my same thought yesterday. So yesterday, the president had a press conference with Vladimir... Mm, please let me not be racist. Is his name actually Vladimir? I think it's Vladimir. It's just spelled differently than Vlad. Um Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, and the president of Ukraine said, I was not pressured into anything. Um, okay. I'm so confused now. Like, let's all act like we're not stupid. If you bribe someone to do something, part of the bribe usually includes not telling on you. That's just goes without saying. So I'm really trying to understand how the person who's from a smaller, weaker country that needed something from us is is supposed to be taken as a as a great reference for Trump's character when he when he says yeah yeah fuck what you heard and exactly what was written down in this transcript I I didn't feel pressured at all by that even though the literal sequence of events was I asked about aid and then or asked about buying missiles and then he said well actually I need something from you first no pressure there that's just the way. That's that's the way good communication works, you know. Your partner's like, "Hey, could you could you not leave the toilet seat up?" And you're like, "Well, first, I need you to do something for me." Remember that hall pass? <laughs> Just kidding. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's absolutely inane. Um, so yesterday, I had the misfortune of deciding to watch the entire first Trump response, and he very oh, it was the most trolling. He got up there listed like 50 countries and I was like oh geography is this you're going back to school you're gonna actually finish without the great inflation so he he listed all these countries and that he just met with and said he he wanted to get asked questions about that because you know most people in press conferences you tell them what you want them to ask you so he just you know lambasted everyone and said that they didn't have anything to go on he called it a perfect we had a perfect conversation it was just perfect it was perfect tremendous bitch what is the perfect phone conversation like what the fuck what are you even talking about honest to god there's something really wrong with him and the reason I know that there's something wrong with him other than everything he does every day and all the choices he's made in the past and being a rapist and things like that is that sometimes he sounds more coherent than others that's how I know like you know he's on something he has, what is the thing when sundowning, you know, at nighttime when elderly people start acting weird, that's a thing too, it was in that M. Night Shyamalan movie, 
I highly recommend. Very disturbing. Uh, there's something off. Even his, even I was saying yesterday that having a made up accent is that makes you weird. Honestly, I don't need anything else than that. I'm not a psychologist, but I feel like that's called an affect or something. And it's it's just considered strange. Like I can decide there's something wrong with you because you completely made up a way of speaking. And you're not, you know, a 12-year-old with an imaginary friend playing make-believe. Like, there's something off. Listen to someone be belittling, belittle, he's belittling me. The way he rolls his L's, I, again, pen, meet eye. I want to stab myself, and I don't understand. It's fucking weird. I just don't understand how anybody looks at someone who has these mannerisms and thinks that they're normal. But yesterday was absolutely outrageous. He refused to basically address anything that was happening. And then at the end, he told the uh, he told the news, the news reporters, what questions are because anybody else a question about the economy? Huh? That's not why we're here. I mean, I get it that like deflecting is sometimes a tactic, but you just look crazy. But then he would interject it every few minutes with with another with another slide against the news, except for the fake news and, you know, the, the dishonest, this is a hoax. Okay, so a hoax cannot, something that you released can't be a hoax. So he the transcript is out there, guys. They released it. And many people are asking, why did he release it if it wouldn't help him? I have a couple ideas about that. And none of them are, are any of them positive? Well, one's kind of positive. So let's start with the positive one. The positive way that I could think about this being released is that it just got too big. You know, Trump is like a bank that they think is too big to fail. And he just kept acting stupid and it rolled out of control. And that this one thing was something that they weren't able to reel back in because it was whistleblown and there was lots of other people in the room. Um, And so that they had to release it and then all they can do is deflect for as long as they can until the next thing comes out and the next thing, because Trump even said yesterday, and there was a phone call before that. I bet they'll want that one too. So I kind of thought maybe he's done. He wants to get out of office and, and keep conducting business as usual, which business as a criminal. And that then, you know, we'll just kind of see this fade away. Cause they say that he never really wanted to be president anyway. Like, I feel like he's attracted to power and he's a narcissist. And if president is the biggest, most attention grabbing thing like that fell into his lap is more responsibility than he wanted. He certainly doesn't intend on learning much about, you know, geography or the fact that he's that, you know, Puerto Rico doesn't have its own president apart from him, stuff like that. So maybe he's done. That was my first thought. Oh, by the way, he criticized the news media yesterday at that at that uh, conference by contrasting the way they treat him now with the way they treated him then. When I was before I was president, beautiful, beautiful coverage, beautiful everything. Now, terrible, terrible. Um, so I'm confused because are you saying that news anchors and journalists are only legitimate if they say nice things? How do we reconcile the fact that they used to say nice things about you when you were a TV fake business mogul versus now that you're president might it be that you suck at being president and you're acting like an idiot not sure who can say anyway back to 
my theories. So that was one theory that they're just done. They're not going to immediately concede defeat. He's not going to resign, but they're just, they can't get out of it. They have to actually follow the law a tiny bit. You know, they tried to put it on a different server. They tried to hide it. That didn't work. The Rudy Giuliani stuff already happened with him trying to meet up with the other Ukrainian officials. So it's just kind of like you can only rescue someone so many times. So that was my first theory. Or not first, but kind of positive one. But the more scary one that I'm now realizing might be very likely is that, sadly, I think they might just be able to lie their way out of this one. Meaning the goalpost has totally moved because we have a psychotic TV personality as president now. So we're just going to move the goalpost of what's right and wrong some more. That's what I kind of, I mean, that is what I hear the right trying to do. And that is what I'm scared that could happen. You know, we have Joseph McGuire up in there in the hearing saying, well, I can't tell a president how he can conduct foreign business. So now you're injecting into the public. I mean, granted, the same public that thinks the Confederate flag is just a symbol of Southern pride, that public, you're injecting the idea that, well, hey, it's all it's all Tuesday. It's all business. You know, the president has to talk to leaders sometimes. And sometimes you got to say stuff to get them to do things. It's art of the deal. It's art of the deal. I mean, we are eroding the idea that there's anything the president should not do. And it's the reason that it's easy to do is because the general public doesn't really remember what checks and balances are. I mean, come on now. We don't even have a cohesive, you know, one one uh, curriculum across the country for learning government or history or law or anything like that in grade school. So we know that his general public that likes him, they really aren't going to care what he does because also one sad fact of human nature is that when you like someone, you just don't care what they do and the rules change. So on Fox, I saw a lot of pivoting to what Joe Biden did, which is kind of crazy because he's not president. Like, if ever there were two different standards for how people should act, it would be who's president and everybody else. So I just really don't understand. And also, since when did it become an argument that someone did something wrong to say, well, he did it too? It's an argument if you're 12 years old. Why do I keep picking on 12-year-olds? I really meant to say if you're like four. It's an argument if you're four. So you're like, okay, well, Joe Biden did the same thing. Okay, well, then send them both away and let Elizabeth Warren be president. That's what I want. I don't give a fuck about no Joe Biden. I just don't. I'm trying to understand why you think that if he did the same thing that Trump did, that makes either one of them okay. By the way, the Joe Biden thing is completely unfounded. There's not been any evidence to back it up. So Trump, you know, there's a point at which when you keep looking for something and looking for something with someone like him, it's like you're basically also telling Ukraine to make it up. Like that's, I haven't heard anyone say that yet, but I feel like when someone, when you have something someone really wants, You've already tried to look into a thing, look into with heavy quotations. You haven't found anything. And yet you're still like, what movie did I watch the other day where they kept asking? Oh, God, I don't even remember what it was called. This Tasha Smith movie. But they kept like they kidnapped an entire family and were abusing them and trying to get some file file. This was a movie directed by Chris Stokes trying to get some file. She didn't have the file. She didn't know it. So cut each one of my fingers off. But I don't know where the shit is. Like, I really don't. Maybe she did end up knowing. I don't know. That, 
anyway, Salem Witch Trials. That's what I brought up during the beginning of that movie because we were. I was like, it's kind of like Salem Witch Trials where you're like, admit you're a witch, admit you're a witch. You're like, I'm not, I'm not. Admit you've communed with the devil. I, I didn't, I didn't. Okay, we're gonna kill you for lying. But then if you are, if you think the thing to do is just say I did it, then they'll kill you for that too. I mean, this is what happens in our legal system when with police and black youth all the time taking them into room and rooms and getting them to confess to stuff that they didn't do. So the point is just that I feel like you, as leading as his language was, you could also, there's room in that to, to hear, well, if you really want me to say that this is true, then I have to figure out a way to make it true. Excuse me. I did not turn my phone on silent. So yeah, so on Fox I heard, well, what about Joe Biden? And then I heard, well, private server, well, what about Hillary? Um, I'm confused. Isn't that the whole like lock her up thing in Crooked Hillary? So I, so then is it crooked or is it not crooked? Is it only crooked when someone who's trying to be president who isn't even fucking president does it and not the person that's actually occupying the highest executive office in the land? So, you know, people are able to say things out of their face that just are not sound logically and they... They, I don't know if they really believe it, but I will say that they, they they can manipulate the public with it. So we heard a lot of that and just the whole like, well, they've been trying to impeach him before he got into office. And this is just one thing after another. Yeah, motherfucker, because he keeps doing one thing after another. Like he has been doing illegal shit since before he got into office and he's been getting away with it. And people around him have been going to jail, people that work for him. So it's not like a coincidence that we've been trying to impeach him since he came. We've been trying to impeach him since he came since because he's been acting foul since he came. Like, it's just, but that's the whole point. Anything that is true, someone can turn it into something else. Someone can, can turn it into something else. So while I uh, took a little break to like look online and then came back to recording for you, I saw that Trump basically called for this whistleblower to be killed in so many words, which is how he operates in so many words. He said, I want to find out who this spy is. That's what it is when you listen to other conversations, you know, because back in the day, we used to have a very different way of dealing with spies. There are no, there's the floor, the bar, used to be the floor and now the bar is, you know, 3,000 leagues under the sea. The bar is hell. I don't know. The bar is a journey through the center of the earth. Like, where is the bar? Because the the way that he talks about the media and aligns the media is just a surefire way to, to start people just going and having their mass shootings inside of, inside of, you know, studios, news studios and stuff. It's very frightening. It's a scary time to be a journalist. And again, it makes no sense. It just doesn't make sense that you could be mad at people for reporting facts. It's not like, what's that reviewer from the New York Times I can't stand? It's not like a review, like you're mad at people for saying things that happened. And then you're going to now suggest that the whistleblower who has so many protections around him built in, and even Joseph McGuire said, I don't know who this person is. I don't have any desire to know who they are. I believe in this whole blow to whistle concept and these people need to be protected. Even he said that. And you, president, are saying that you want to root out who 
listened in on you and and have them be treated like we used to treat spies back in the day, which was execution. And even there, with all his statements to the public, he's he's obfuscating things for his dumb followers because they're not going to go read the statement probably like I did, which explains, no, I wasn't in the room, but 16 million people came and told me this happened. Then there were other facts that said it happened. And boom, you have the transcript saying it's happened. And we all sit in the room, in the situation room, and take notes. We literally type them up in a cute file and bloop, put them under the file tab for Tuesday. So Trump is going to have his believers now think that someone was listening in on him and spying, and it was a secret, and that that's not the way things are usually supposed to go. This is the turn of phrase. This is the, this is, I mean, this is how people lie. I guess is what liars do. They just lie a lot, you know? So I'm not a liar, but I really did start to think from the past two days, well, I could be in politics because it really just seemed like a bunch of actors. Like you just, people just grandstanding, drama, just the loudest person in the room. I feel like the loudest person in the room gets to be, you know, and it's like, I can be convincing. I can sound authoritative. I could spin you a web of bullshit that sounds really quite convincing. Um, but I'm not running for office because I don't desire to do that. So yeah, I started to take, I just even started this trying to really think like, what are the qualities that make someone want to do this? You know, I really started thinking about that. It might've been when I was watching Power, <laughs> sadly. But I was just like, wow, what kind of personality is really like the public, you know, I have to do this. This is how I change the world. I think it takes a certain type of personality. I mean, those, again, like, our government is structured the way it's structured, right? So you got to do what you got to do. You want to become a congressman or congresswoman. You want to represent your constituents. But I don't know. I was just kind of, I'm just turned off by everyone right now. Like, I'm turned off by the fact that, I'm turned off by my own party. The fact that we could not unanimously vote for this impeachment inquiry is embarrassing. So that is the climax. I cannot go online anymore before the end of this podcast because it's just going to be some new nonsense and we're going to be here all day. So that's where we are. We're caught up. I'm trying to think if I really, did I really share everything? Oh, Valerie Demings also shadily was said uh, he wanted Attorney General Barr and Rudy Giuliani, I don't know exactly what he is, the new fixer, dead. Um, just dr- dramatic, dramatic. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Boop, boop, boop. Let me run through my notes really quickly. Counterterrorism. Um, uh, I don't know. I think that's it. That's it. High crimes and misdemeanors sounds like something a pirate would participate in. That's... That's that's the image that I get. Someone sailing across her high crimes and misdemeanors. That's it for now. So Jada Pinkett revealed on Red Table Talk that she had to, she and Will Smith had to have an intervention and convince Jaden to stop being a vegan because his skin looked gray. Um, I think that that is... The reason that this is funny to me is because I came across this headline. I don't even know how I come across these things. Metro, the online, metro.co.uk. And they have put pictures of him where he just looks really ashy. Like his lips are white and unchapped. Like he's just eating a powdered donut and doesn't know what chapstick is. Just 
poor hygiene that young men engage in. But I don't have any indication that this is the gray skin they were talking about. I just think they found really unflattering pictures and put them up. And that is hilarious to me. Um, let's see. Jaden was said, she said, Will and I had a bit of intervention because he's a vegan now, but we realized he wasn't getting enough protein. He was wasting away. He just looked drained. He wasn't getting the nutrients. And so now Jaden follows a vegetarian diet and not a vegan one, but he had to, you know, he says, I'll, I'll go vegan for a few weeks or for one week and then I'll go back off, go on and back off. I just thought this was funny because um, it's no secret that vegans get on my nerves. Um, they get on my nerves because they're not honest. They try to pretend almond milk tastes good. It doesn't. They try to suggest that cashew cream tastes as good as cheese. It doesn't. And I fucking love cashews. I eat those shits by the dozen. That's right. 12 cashews at a time, bitches. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. It's annoying. It's pushy. Stop telling other people what to eat. Stop telling other people what to eat because honestly, we all need nutritionists so badly. That's if there's anything I've come to believe the more I get older, it's that everyone is so different. And there are things that make me feel absolutely ill that are the things that someone else can thrive on. I can't process vegetable, I can't process sugar. Um, So that includes the sugars and carbohydrates. It includes FODMAPs, if you've heard of that word. So we're talking things that, the list of things I'm really not supposed to eat for IBS are like grapes, kale, onions, garlic, everything that tastes good. Fortunately, those parts don't bother me, but did I learn that I can't go ever since, you know, healthy eating and power foods has become more and more of a thing. I can't eat a pound of uncooked kale. I'm not a I'm not a cow. I don't have three stomachs. So I can't do that anymore. But for some people, that is their jam. You know, I'm just gonna eat all this kale and throw some other raw food. Oh, a raw food diet is death. It would be death to me. I would probably die. I would probably get so bloated, I would look like Veruca Salt with the blueberries and that would explode. So that is just funny because it made me think, like, yeah, you gotta do what's good for you. But I will say with, with specialized diets, because I'm actually doing one right now that I don't even want to name because I don't want to, I don't want to influence anyone, but I, I found something that I like doing. But I find that you do have to cook because my appetite goes, will go down because I started intermittent fasting. And then you look around and you don't have anything prepared and you're just like, ah, uh, I'm just not going to eat then. And you don't feel that hunger pain like you used to, pain or pangs. So you don't do it, but, but you're, you're not, you know, you're still human, so you're experiencing, like, dizziness and fatigue and shit, but you just lose that connection between, well, I really should eat. And it's funny because that's what Jaden said happened to him. He said he was eating two meals a day, maybe one, just one big meal, and then it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't get around to the next one. Yes, because you got to have your shit, shit prepared. Oh, Selma, stop being rude. What is this, the mailman? Who knows? Uh, tangent. I took Selma, my sister's dog, to the dog park, and she and right listens every week thank you for your support so I don't think I told you this story chain but I was just the it's cool in Brooklyn because like you see a lot of black people walking their dogs and they have bigger dogs too because there's more space and so at the dog park these old black ladies with the with their dogs were like oh she's so beautiful what's her name I said her name is Selma and they're like Selma that's a strong name to carry so I, I'm going to say that I don't think she's living up to 
her name. She's not a civil rights leader of any kind. She mostly cares about eating. I guess if she had a cause, perhaps it would be like food, deserts, uh, food insecurity. But only for herself. Okay, moving on. There's been a lot in the media now about Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore because Demi Moore is releasing a memoir. So, you know, her relationship with him was highly publicized. And honestly, it was like the last thing she's done. Because I don't even remember like her last like movie, but we all remember that relationship. So they were 15 years apart. I want to say it ended like 10 years ago or so. He is now married to Mila Kunis and has two children with her. Um, so in the memoir, there's a lot of stuff. She had a really troubled upbringing, like extremely painful. And there was one, there were unflattering things about Ashton. And one of the ones that stuck out to me because it reminded me of Jaden Smith, only loosely connected by just, just by young men being opinionated about what they should, you know, telling other people how to eat and how to live and stuff like that. So apparently when Demi met Ashton Kutcher, she was 20 years sober, but he told her that he didn't believe in sobriety. He didn't believe there was such a thing as alcoholism. I don't know why I said it like that either. Alcohol. I said it like Kamala Harris. Alcoholism. Okay. No, he didn't believe in alcoholism. I feel like I just said it funny again. Alcoholism. He didn't believe in it. And he just believed in moderation, which is... Isn't that the kind of thing for someone who's not an alcoholic to say? Like, I feel like that's also, you know, thin people who've never been overweight make pronouncements about it too. And, you know, people who just things have hap- worked out. They attribute whatever they did to the reason it worked out. Um, so, yeah, he says he, he only believed in, in uh, moderation. And so she said that, and this was like a quote from the book, she said, instead of thinking that this is a 20-year-old that didn't know what he was talking about, figuratively, 20-something-year-old that didn't know what he was talking about, I started casting about for reasons to support his, his theory. I don't know how long she cast about for, because it says that night she started drinking again. She consumed a minibar, and then when she was drunk and sloppy, he would get mad at her. Ain't that like a man? But she, yeah, she said that she basically started drinking for him to be cool, which I get it because they go to a lot of events. Shoot, I met them at an event actually that had alcohol served there years ago. And um, oh, so they were together within the past, yeah, within the past eight to 10 years because I moved to New York like 10 years ago. So yeah, so, you know, then he got mad. Um, Oh, I was saying, I interrupted myself and I lost track. I was saying, I do understand, I feel like it's awkward to, not drink like I really feel for people who can't drink because we build a lot of the culture around it it's either do you want to get a coffee or do you want to get a drink or do you want to eat and if bless you if you're trying to not eat out a lot and you're not drinking shit you got to stay home like it's no one is like hey do you want to take a walk around this public park there's just there's just not our public you know our convening in public is centered around alcohol and definitely parties and events are which is definitely what they would be doing a lot of in their industry. So I think it must have been so hard for her. But I just thought that that was, that just tickled me when she said, it didn't tickle me that her self-esteem was so low that she tried to do something that didn't make sense for her lifestyle and for her personality, 
for a dude like and that's 15 years younger that was really sad but it did it did um the reason that it resonated was just that you know I could just easily imagine a 20 something dude saying something so confidently and and just like be like yeah like I remember I was on the train on the subway and this guy kept looking over and looking over trying to get my attention he was very handsome and I entertained him talking to me because you know I like dreadlocks whatever to come to find out he's like a model delivery service person I would assume there's more delivering than modeling and he is 23 and he offered to help me carry my groceries up the long long stairs and up the hill up Sugar Hill where I lived there and I was like bet I hate that part of coming home from Trader Joe's it's the worst part makes you not even want to go and he started asking me like about I guess he was like interviewing me to be his like fourth wife or something and he was you know, asking me questions, this Rasta, he's told me he's a Rasta, telling me why I shouldn't eat meat and all this stuff. And I was just like, who asked you? Are you serious? Like, I've had so much longer than you on this earth to figure out what I want to eat. Like, leave me the fuck alone. I just don't understand it. I mean, but that's the same way I feel about Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, I don't understand going to the door when people are on Sunday, they're either sleeping or going to brunch, which is a religion of its own, or actually going to a church that they already have and you feel confident to stand there and tell them they should stop going to their thing and go to yours. It's just weird. It's just weird. But yeah, so I thought that was funny I could because I could just see it. And now it's kind of awkward for him. She's making these allegations. He's kind of suggesting that certain ones aren't true. He had some tweet where he tried to jump bad like, hey, you know, I was about to say something snarky, but I'm about to go out with my wife and children right now. I don't know if that was that whole I'm only a nice person because I have daughters trope or that weird things people say that I can only act like a human being because I am now, you know, a husband, a wife. I'm a, I'm a mom as a mother, as a mother. I don't know. But I kind of felt like just let it be, dude. She's you probably were a jerk. You were in your 20s and you were a man. Like, you probably were an asshole with her. Not, like, in an evil way, but I don't... The relationship was probably not conducive to, like, things that she wanted in life, like stability and blah, blah, blah. And now you're dating someone your age or a little bit younger, which for men is your maturity age. And you have kids. Just leave her alone. Just let her, let her get her memoir and make her coin. And just take it on the chin. I don't know, Ashton. But yeah, I met them at a book opening for um, what New York Times writer. But it was like a it was a guy who does activism um, worldwide for against poverty, things like that, which Ashton Kutcher was huge in activism. Actually, he's really kind of he actually told me that he doesn't like to be he, he didn't plan on being an actor. It just worked out. He won a contest. He won a modeling contest, went to New York and he was really one of those people that's like, I've been given this thing and I just want to do other stuff with it because it wasn't his passion. And But him and Demi were so, like, all over each other. She was very sweet, too. She, they just seemed really, really in love. Like, Kissy and her rock was huge, which I think, were they engaged? If they weren't engaged, he just gave her a big rock, I don't know. But yeah, it's kind of... It's 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 kind of uh, disturbing to hear how many things were going on because you just like to believe that 
you can really like see the love on people. And I felt like I could see the love. And I was like, but also, I also resent the idea that it's a sham relationship because the, the woman's 15 years older. I mean, if this was 10 years ago, she was probably like, she was like 45, 46. Then she was super hot. You know, there's, there's, we don't need to act like there's no reason a younger guy would want to be with a hot older woman. If anything, we got to ask why she would want to be with him. And I, we kind of find out it's because of low self-esteem issues. Larry Johnson, former running back for the NFL. I'm not going to tell you which team because I don't really care. And um, he's not on the team anymore. He's having an ashy Twitter fight with Megan the Stallion. Um, he tweeted this on September 14th, and they're still going back and forth about it. They've had some exchanges. He wrote the following. Oh, let me, let me tee it up. Let me tee it up. Hold on, hold on. It's really ashy. Hold on. A coincidence. Her mother, who was her manager, died in the month of March 2019, the same month of her, quotation marks, breakout. Music industry filled with the easily corrupt fatherless children looking for Satan to be the Quotation mark. Daddy, they never had. Then he linked to a picture of Meg the Stallion tweeting that she is officially part of Rock Nation and has Jay-Z, standing with Jay-Z's arm around her in a picture. I'm really confused. Okay, so be- below this statement, there are things like, you're a whole clown, stop smoking crack, Someone's like, you're definitely a victim of CTE. Lots of things like that. You couldn't afford to have Meg fart in your face. Um, Good. Glad we have the right reaction. But I don't even understand what is going on. Like, I realize that I obviously missed a larger conversation in which it's a conversation that's been going on behind my back. That I am aware of that Jay-Z and Beyonce are devil worshipers and Rock Nation is like, I don't know. I, I've, I think I've said before, maybe not on this podcast, how embarrassing it is that as certain groups of African-Americans think that a record label is the most important. You know, like if someone were to be in the Illuminati, if Thomas Jefferson were going to come back, I don't know Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Edison. I think Edison is the one that was into freaky, weird shit and occult shit. If he were to come back and choose the most powerful people in the world to be part of the Illuminati, are you saying that all we're volunteering is our rappers? That's a little bit awkward. I feel like that's awkward. Um, Anyway, so Meg's response to that tweet was this. Just because you found out about me around the time my mother passed does not make what you're saying accurate. I've been grinding for so long and would appreciate if you weirdos on the internet would stop trying to associate my mother having a brain tumor with the fucking devil. I don't know, like, I didn't even know this happened to Meg and I feel so sad for her because I did know that her mom was her ride or die and, and you know, even though her lyrics are raunchy, whatever, whatever, her mom was like right there gassing her up and quit her job to be her full-time manager and supporter. And as someone who's lost a parent, also from 
a very sudden thing. Well, I don't know if it's, I was thinking aneurysm. I don't know if the brain tumor was sudden or something. It's fucking traumatizing. And I, I also was someone that didn't stop what I was doing. I finished Princeton on time, won awards, whatever, went into a just get it done type mode, moved to New York, started acting. I'm actually fucking trying to slow down and figure some things out right now. However, so like I get it. She's on her grind. And also her mother, because her mom died, like she's supposed to turn down Rock Nation. Her mom would not want her to do that, which she has said. So there's all these things that are connected the the fact that you know somehow jay-z and beyonce are the illuminati whatever whatever i don't i don't get it but i just don't understand what his tweet really meant and i feel like it's concerning that there's anybody that's co-signing it but there are people co-signing it most are not but i just make it make sense like even with the things you're alluding to the whole underlying conspiracy theory what does her mother dying have to do with you say her mother died and then she looks for a father in Satan? Huh? I don't get it. I don't get it. So then um, people were clapping back saying like, you're just jealous. You, you want to be with her or whatever. And he wrote a really released an ashy list of all the light skinned women that he's, he's been with. He said, for those who think I was hating on, Meg the Pony, bitch. I'm adding bitch because I'm mad at him. Because you think I wanted to sleep with her? Don't know my history. I had better. Julissa Bermudez, I wanted to marry. Which makes you look... Chili TLC. Maya Drea. And a bunch of distant neverminds. Don't DM me. Look. I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. Um, Drea... Isn't she from Love and Hip Hop? Drea Michelle. I'm going to Google her one second. That's that woman with the long nose. Yes. I don't understand how these people are better than Meg the Stallion beyond passing a paper bag test. I don't see the hype. Meg is hot and has actual talents. So... Okay, well, let me not include Chili in that. And who knows if you really dated Chili? She didn't say. But I just, I just can't. Like, I really hope that someone gets this guy help. He's obviously not well, and we can't just let people go around with their concussions and post crazy shit on the internet and not get, not do anything about it. Like, his... Oh, okay. So here's what his Twitter bio says. Broke records for the Nittany Lions. Broke records for the Chiefs. More importantly, I broke the devil's hold on my soul. All right. Well, oh, no. And he's posting Hotep stuff. Let's see. He's posting random YouTube presentations explains for centuries why you were kept from the truth and into reality shows, stripper and drug culture, sports. Okay, so he's crazy. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. His whole timeline is crazy. Okay, well, I mean, that answers all my questions. Leave Meg's name out your mouth and anybody else partaking in criticizing her for signing with Rock Nation or 
having a career after her mom died should eat a hot pile of turds. Rapper Takashi 69 don't ask me to name any of his songs. I can't name you a one. I mean, maybe I heard them, but I don't know what they sound. I mean, I, I don't know. He, as you all probably know, was facing up to 47 years in prison for racketeering and firearms offenses. I actually thought it was worse than that. I didn't know that for not killing someone you would get that long. I guess maybe it's like charges for different crimes and you add them up. But anyway, he has responded to these uh, these possible this possible jail time by singing like a boyd. He is telling on everybody. He's telling on you. He's telling on your mom. He's telling on me. He told everybody that I used to sneak and watch BT Uncut when I was little. Like he he's telling everybody's business. Um. So the the question has already been like, how are you going to live? Like, how are you going to live your life? in any kind of comfort and any without looking over your shoulder forever what was what's the point in being out if someone is immediately going to kill you because there's nothing worse in the crime community than snitching like snitches get stitches as the saying goes now for my part and I hope I don't get um snuffed for this I don't really get the whole snitching thing like I don't really understand that this honor among thieves in this situation thing. Like I, I, I personally would never do something bad with a friend of mine and rat them out or just do something and then turn like, but I'm not, I'm not committing any crimes, but yeah, that's a crappy thing to do. But it would seem like if I'm the type of person that decides to commit murder and other things like that, that it, it all, what's all, it's all fair. It's all fair in love and war. Right. It almost seems like these criminals and their their you know underground economies are kind of also victims of capitalism in the sense that if you, one lone enterprising criminal, decided that you weren't going to participate in these no snitching rules and just do your own thing, and really only look out for you and not a larger gang, if we see a gang as a corporation, then the corporations would collapse, right? There would be no there would be no large factions running things. It could just be every person for themselves. And that would kind of destroy these little conglomerates of gangs. Might that be the reason that we're not supposed to snitch? I mean, other than the fact that it's just easier to do naughty things with help and it would just make criming that much harder if you could never trust anyone to not tell on you. But I just get confused because I thought you already can't trust anyone anyway. And it, it just seems like telling on people is not worse than shooting them and stuff. But in crime land, you know, snitching is the worst thing you could do. So people don't have any respect for him now. Like people are openly. I mean, I think it's funny. Like, I think it's funny. I just I don't I, I just think it's kind of like, wow, you said you wanted to be hard you chose this life at 23 and this is what happens when you when you get the chance to absolve yourself but and you're also a, you're also a whole public figure you're also famous so <laughs> let's see this article says over 3 days he stunned in your courtroom with tales of gang life oh yeah among stuff he said he's he said that Cardi B was a blood 
But she already said that she was a blood, so that's not a secret. I don't understand why, what kind of, you know, I don't understand what you, why would you get anything in exchange for that? Um, let's see. He, it's possible though, unlikely that he may walk free for time served. I really hope that he, like, honestly, I, he can't go to prison now. They're going to kill him. Um, but he said that if he does go free, he won't require the government's help on the outside. Instead, he plans to pay for his own security guard and hopes the notoriety of the case will reboot his career. Did he really say that? Nah, he didn't say that. What? He also wants to pay for not only his own security, but for provide bodyguards for those closest to him. Yeah, I don't get it. What's Where's his money coming from? I Again, he... I know he's not like super, super famous, so I don't really understand where the money's coming from. Let's see, his, oh shoot. Estimates of Takashi's worth vary wildly. Some hip hop enthusiasts put it at around 10 million, where others say it's closer to 1 million. Oh God. His legal troubles began in 2015 when he was involved in making a sex tape with a 13 year old girl. He did not have sex with the child, but was involved in the production of the video and was sentenced to probation. While awaiting sentencing, he was charged with assault and driving without a license. Ay 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 Okay, so I don't really want to go into this anymore, except the way that this... <laughs> so again, the way this Daily Mail article is written is so shady says prosecutors said that he was a part of the nine train gangsta bloods gang takashi flipped immediately <laughs> and agreed to testify for them um but yeah so that's the update with that case is that he is about to did not like turn down getting witness protection or anything so we'll see what happens i don't know that's not a life that i would choose i don't it doesn't sound very relaxing <laughs> Okay, before I send this out to you, and this might be a little shorter today, but I just, I really got to get back to the TV because while I've been talking, the country might have completely imploded. Um, this headline is as follows. Mom claims Ukrainian daughter, nine, she adopted, was really a 22-year-old with dwarfism. Okay, so again, there's a nice Ukraine, Ukraine angle, so that ties everything neatly together in a bow. But I, when I read this, could not believe it because that is the plot of the movie Orphan, which I saw in theaters. This, this couple adopts someone that looks like a child that is a grown woman that tries to kill them. Oh, and I didn't mention that this, this person also tried to kill them. So what is the syndrome that they had? Um... I don't remember what it was, but they discovered soon after they they brought the woman home that she was older than she said. Um, the mother realized that she was having periods. She wasn't growing at all, which even as someone who is a dwarf, like you would see them grow a little bit because they, you know, dwarves are not born at their full adult height. And, you know, the this, she seemed precocious and so, granted that she was from another country, being that she was from another country, maybe the birth records could have been off. The mom kind of assumed, okay, she, you know, she's not nine. 
maybe she's a teenager. And I think there was a really funny incident where she took her to daycare and apparently the daughter says, oh my gosh, I don't know how you deal with all those kids. I couldn't do what you do or something like that. And so, and the mom says she was thinking, but you're a kid. So everything was kind of weird. And then it got weirder because unfortunately this woman had some kind of mental illness that caused her to act out. She was hearing voices. She poured bleach in the parents' coffee, tried to kill them. She'd be found standing over their beds in the middle of the night. You know, it's your basic horror movie fair. So the story gets really more complex, and they have her bone density tested a bunch of times. Different ages come up. None of them are child age, though, like teenager to um, early 20s, late teens to early 20s. So there's there's more to it but basically the woman is on the run now and the parents are nervous that she is posing as a little girl to another unsuspected family and to that i say do what you have to do you know do what you have to do if you are born with a disability that makes you look like a child and you feel like your best option in life is to get adopted there have been worse scams there have I the, the trying to kill them part is the part that I take issue with I think that's not really actually beneficial to either party so that it took a left there but I mean you know scammers gonna scam okay guys this has been another episode of cake and kombucha thank you for joining if you like what you hear Please subscribe. There you can find all the rest of the other episodes on Apple, Spotify, Google Drive, Stitcher. And please give me a rating and review. Let me know what you think. Send me an email. Share it on Facebook. Share it on the gram. We're trying to get the word out, guys, because we have some exciting things coming for the rest of 2019 and the new year. That's it. And I will holla at you next week. Let's see if Elizabeth Warren is president by then. Cake and Kombucha is produced and hosted by actress, writer, and singer Kelechi Azia. It features music by the talented Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, check out MelanieJBCharles.com. Leave us